On this fifth Sunday after Trinity, we read from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and it's on page uh, 728 of the Pew Bible. In this Gospel lesson, Jesus calls his first disciples so the world might know the grace of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whenever we read the scriptures, we see God's gifts to us. And uh, uh, in this particular scripture passage, we're going to see the gift of the gospel, or the gift of uh, the church, ministers, uh, the apostles, really the first disciples, being sent out to bring the gospel uh, to the world, and ultimately, uh, finally, to us. So please stand for the gospel. From Luke 5, we'll begin reading at verse 1. On one occasion... While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Father, these are your words. Sanctify us in the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. Whenever I hear this text or uh, either of the parallel passages in Matthew and Mark, they both record uh, the same story, but briefer. Uh, Whenever I hear this text, I immediately think of that old Sunday school song. You know, I won't sing it for you because I'm sure you would enjoy that even less than I would. You might know the song that I'm thinking of. It goes, I will make you fishers of men, and then it repeats that part. And then we sing, if you follow me, and then it repeats that part. And then after that, it repeats the whole thing, and that's the end of the song. And then the Sunday school teacher tells you to sing it again, because it was short, and you need to fill a little bit more time, and because, well, repetition is a good way to memorize things. And overall, it's a good song, because it helps us memorize the word of God. And that is very good. The lyrics are closer to Matthew and Mark's uh, account. You'll notice that Luke's account is a little bit different because Luke, he just includes more details of the story and tells a little bit differently. And uh, Luke's longer version is the one appointed for us to read today because, you know, we're not really into that whole brevity thing. The song is similar uh, to what Jesus says in Luke, or Yeah, it's similar to what he says in Luke, but it's closer to Matthew and Mark. And it's a good song, but it adds one little word. You know, word 
it is that, that is in the song but doesn't really show up in any of the gospel texts. It's that little word, if. There are 11 total words in the song. I counted them. You can trust me. I counted three times. And there is just one word that doesn't belong. So it gets 10 out of 11 right. And that's roughly 91%. Not too bad. So the song is good enough for an A-, minus, I think. But that little word, if, does make a difference. In Matthew and Mark, Jesus doesn't say, if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. No, Jesus, he is really more direct, more commanding, even less polite. He simply says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus' words are, well, kind of an assault on individual liberty. He does not give Peter or his partners any choice in the matter. There is no if. Jesus simply commands them, follow me. And then he makes a promise. I will make you fishers of men. Jesus is more direct, more commanding, and, well, a little bit less polite. In Luke's account, we don't even see the command to follow him. The words are more prophetic than anything. He simply says, from now on, you will be catching men. Again, Peter has no choice in the matter. Jesus simply tells him how it's going to be. Peter and his partners, they're just minding their own business, acting like normal fishermen, that is, catching absolutely nothing. And then Jesus comes along, performs a miracle, and tells them how it will be from now on. This is kind of a big assault on their individual liberties. I mean, what would you do? Suppose that you have your own vocation. You're just minding your own business, selling lemonade or whatever. And this guy comes along and tells you how you are now going to spend the rest of your life doing something else. What would you think? I mean, what right does anyone have to take you away from your lemonade stand? Sure, business is kind of slow in the wintertime, but during the peak summer months, you can make tens of dollars a day. (laughs) Okay, so the lemonade business might not be that much better than fishing, but what right does anyone have to tell you what you are going to do with your life? You and I, we would probably just ignore such a person or simply tell him off. But Jesus does not leave those options open to Peter and his fishing buddies. He assaults their individual liberties, and he tells them how it will be. From now on, you will be catching men. They have their own vocation, which is a perfectly good vocation. But Jesus comes and he calls them into a different one. You and I would have no right to do this to another person, but Jesus, of course, does have that right. And he proceeds his declaration by giving them a reason, excuse me, a reason to follow him. He proves to them that he has the right to infringe their individual liberties. He has the right to chart the course of their lives. He has the right to call them out of one thing and into another. He has the right to leave them no choice in the matter. So the story starts out with Jesus teaching a crowd of people, uh, people who are pushing in upon him. 
He doesn't have any disciples yet. He's about to call the first one. So he's there all by himself. And the crowd, they really want to hear him preach. So they're all pushing to get closer. And it sounds like it was creating a bit of a dangerous situation. So Jesus commandeers a fishing vessel and asks the owner, Simon Peter, to put out a little bit from the land. Sound, you know, carries very well across water. So the boat provided both a safe and a convenient place to teach the word of God. And then when he was done, he told Simon Peter to do something, well, kind of silly, I guess. He told him to put out into the deep part of the lake, to let down the nets. This was the last thing Peter wanted to do. He and his partners had been laboring all night long, and they caught nothing. They had already washed their nets, and after a tiring and fruitless night, they were probably thinking it was about nap time. Beside all this, the good time for fishing was past. It was now well into the daytime, and Peter, the so-called expert fisherman, didn't think this was a good idea. They would have to go all the way out to the deep part of the lake. They would probably catch nothing, and then they would have to clean their nets and put everything away again. This sounds much less enjoyable than a nap. But Peter obeys Jesus' command. He says, Master, at your word, I will let down the nets. And then what happened next was totally unexpected. They actually caught something. Not just a few fish, they enclosed so many fish, the nets began to break. There were so many fish, they needed James and John, Peter's partners, to come and help. When they had filled up both boats, they both began to sink. This might just be too much of a good thing. This was quite a miracle. It was daytime, not a good time for net fishing. And they were out in the deep part of the lake, not a good place for net fishing. But oh, so many fish. So many fish, the nets were breaking, but not actually broken. And so many fish, the boats were sinking, but didn't actually sink. When Simon Peter sees this happen, he realizes something. He realizes that this man, Jesus, standing in front of him, is not the person he thought he was. And Peter becomes frightened. When Jesus told him to go fishing, notice what Peter calls Jesus. He calls him Master. And this is certainly an honorable title, but it was a bit of an understatement, because There are many masters in this world to whom obedience is due. But when Peter sees the miracle, he calls Jesus by a different title. He says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. This word, Lord, is the same word used to translate the name Yahweh, God's personal name in the Old Testament. Peter realizes that this Jesus, right before him in his fishing boat, is no earthly master. He is not just a great teacher of God's word. This man in Peter's fishing boat is God. He is not just a master, he is the Lord of heaven and earth. And so Peter, he is brought to the end of himself, and he says what any honest sinner might say. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. 
he realizes the danger of standing in the presence of the holy God. So he humbly asks Jesus to leave. This sounds like kind of a respectful thing to say, but this is not the response of faith because faith never tells Jesus to go away. When we feel contrition in our hearts over our sins, the natural response is to fear God, hide from him, even tell him to go away. But faith does not do this because faith goes far beyond contrition over sins. Faith is the trust that your sins are forgiven for Jesus' sake. And Peter does not have that yet. He tells God to go away. Because to Peter, God is still his judge. But Jesus has not come to judge Peter. So he says, do not be afraid. This is a gracious absolution. Yes, you are a sinner, but I am not here to condemn you. Jesus assures Peter that he has nothing to fear. This simple declaration tells Peter how it is. There is peace. Do not be afraid. Jesus has come to make peace between God and man. And so Jesus tells Peter how it is. Do not be afraid. And then Jesus tells Peter how his life will be. He calls him away from one vocation into another. And Jesus' words, they're more prophetic than anything. His words are really a promise to Peter. From now on, you will be catching men. And notice the change in Peter, verse 11, the last verse that we read. When they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Remember and notice the contrast here. This is the same Peter who moments earlier had told Jesus to go away. And now, with faith, he follows Jesus. Jesus does go away from that place. He goes away from Peter's fishing boat, just as Peter had requested. But now, Peter goes with him, along with his fishing buddies, with James and John. They left everything and followed Jesus. And the question that I was kind of left wondering about at this point of the text was, what happened to all the fish? Don't you wonder that too? I mean, this is the catch of their lives. I mean, forget about laboring all night to catch fish. These guys have been laboring their whole careers as fishermen. And now they get this enormous catch. Who knows how long they could live off of this? But all they do is they bring their boats to land and then they leave it all. Maybe the crowd of people took the fish. Maybe they just flopped back into the lake. We don't know. But apparently these disciples, these new disciples, didn't take their fish to market. They get a great gift and they leave it there. This could have set them up for a while. Peter could buy a bigger boat, hire some more workers, make somebody else do the fishing in the middle of the night. Might be able to live the good life now. This was the best thing to ever happen to their fishing business. But they don't seem to care about that anymore. 
They forsake the gift to follow the giver of all good gifts. I mean, why worry about what I will eat or how I will live? Jesus seems to be able to take care of that, doesn't he? I will just follow him. So this is what Peter and his fishing buddies do. And just as Jesus promised, they became fishers of men. As Jesus had caught them, so he would later send them out to catch men, so to speak, by declaring this same peace of God to the whole world. And this has since become the message of the church. As readers of this story, uh, perhaps the temptation that we might face at this part is to moralize it, to, to draw lessons from this of how we should live our lives. We see Peter and his friends become fishers of men, and then we conclude that is the point of the story. We also must become fishers of men. Now, this, of course, is not a bad lesson to draw from the text. As Christians who have received forgiveness, we should desire to declare that forgiveness to others. This is God's will. And so this is not a bad lesson to draw from the text. However, it is kind of a bad way to read the Bible. Our natural tendency, I guess as sinners, is to think that the Bible is God's instruction manual for how we should live. But that's not what it is. It does certainly contain instructions of how we should live, and we are obligated to keep those instructions. But that really is not what the Bible is all about, because the Bible is not about us. The Bible is about God, right? It is about God and what he has done through Jesus Christ to save the world. Most of the Bible, and and you can tell this just by picking it up and reading it for what it says, most of the Bible is not telling us what we are supposed to do. Some of it does, certainly. But most of it is simply telling us what God did. Most of it is simply telling us what we should believe. And that is how we should read it. And so when we come to this fish story, which unlike most fish stories is actually true, We should not be trying to extract lessons for how we should live. We should simply be reading it for what it says. And when we do that, then we see who Jesus is and what Jesus did. And that really is important for us. And so what do we see when we simply read the text? We see Jesus revealing himself as the God of heaven and earth, who took on human flesh. And we see that he did not take on this human flesh to condemn us, as Peter feared, but to give us peace. We see that he gave that peace to Peter and his companions, and then he called them to declare that same peace to the entire world. And that is how this peace has come to you. What we see Jesus doing here is the beginning of the church, the ministry of the gospel. Your faith, even, it goes back to that day. You hearing the gospel, believing it, being saved, whenever that happened, whether it happened last week, last year, or at your baptism, you hearing the gospel, believing it, and being saved goes all the way back to that day on the Sea of Galilee when Jesus called his first disciples, who later became his apostles and began the ministry of the gospel. 
Jesus called his disciples because he loves the world, you included. His plan was already set that he would go to the cross, suffer and die, and on the third day rise again. Jesus did this for the forgiveness of your sins. But that doesn't do you any good if you never hear about it. And so Jesus established the ministry of the gospel so that you might hear about it. Jesus took on human flesh for your sake. He suffered as a man for your forgiveness. He rose from the dead for your justification. And he established his church so that you might hear about it, believe it, and be saved. So we see that God has come down to you. Do not be afraid. This is good news. Amen. And the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.